One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Before we start this episode, I wanted to say that I make a general mention about school shootings in this episode, as we were making a comparison between public outcry in the United States and other countries. In a very horrible coincidence, one of the worst school shootings in American history happened just a couple of hours after we recorded, and I want to be clear that I was not referring to that shooting as it hadn't happened yet. We are devastated beyond words that events like this continue to occur in the United States and implore anyone who is listening to take action to change policies in our country that do nothing to protect us as citizens, let alone our most innocent. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadiac. And I am Courtney Eck. It's Courtney's night. Before yeah. we get started, I just learned that one of our dear listeners who's been listening to us forever, uh, Hope, mm-hmm. is graduating from oh. high school. Next, Congratulations. No, this week. What oh. is today? Tuesday? Yeah. The end of the week. That is absolutely wild, dude. That is wild stuff. Hope, mm-hmm. I was known your mother since she was Sadie's kid's age. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So thanks for nothing, Hope. Thanks for the existential <laughs> crisis. And we hope that your life goes as crazy fast as ours has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. No, congratulations. That's She's a remarkable kid, and we're very yep. proud of you. Yep. And the, uh, now all of a sudden a grown-ass adult who's going to go do amazing things in the world. So Absolutely. go get a, Yep. Figure out how to fix everything, please. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to just get that out because I was going to forget by the end of the episode. Smart. I appreciate you doing it. And congratulations to all, all graduates, whether or not we've known your mother since we were chill, tiny baby children. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tonight we're going to tell the, t- the chilling murder of Jill Marr. And this was a listener suggestion. Once again, I don't know. I cannot remember which listener, but this comes out of Australia. So this one's for you guys, our darlings over. um, And and by over, I mean down. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) I'll stop. Um, stop. (laughs) Quick trigger warning for rape before we get started. So tonight's story takes place in the Brunswick neighborhood, which is one of the more artsy neighborhoods in Melbourne, Australia. 
Brunswick is a popular weekend destination, and people flock there for the trendy bars and eclectic atmosphere. Melbourne is generally thought of as a fairly safe city, and neighborhoods like Brunswick are considered even more safe. As I was practicing, I kept saying Melbourne, but I think mm. they say Melbourne, right? I, I well, think so. Relaxed on the born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, friends. So on September 21st, 2012, 29-year-old Jill Marr was living in Melbourne and working at the ABC, which the internet tells me stands for the Australian Broadcasting Network. Well, that doesn't make sense. ABC. Anyway, I think it's the Australian Broadcasting Network. <laughs> After Corporation. Having... <laughs> Corporation. Yeah, maybe. After having moved there from Ireland. Jill and some friends from work decided to go out for drinks after work since it was a Friday night and the group can be seen on CCTV walking toward their destination after around 5 p.m. The group had a drink in the city then headed to a bar called the Brunswick Green which was on Sydney Road and closer to where Jill lived. After a couple of drinks there they headed to a bar called Bar Etiquette which was less than a mile from where she lived with her husband Tom and she had a few more drinks with her friends there. She called her husband once she got there to invite him to join them, but he was asleep on the couch and so missed her call. Bar etiquette closed at 1.30 in the morning, and at that point, Jill headed home. She and a colleague left together, and he tried to convince her to let his cab drop her off, but Jill insisted that she wanted to walk home since it was so close, so they said goodbye, and she started walking up Sydney Road. I don't like it. So two moments where she tried to get her husband to come and he was sleeping and then her coworker tried to get her to take a cab and the crushing, immense, tremendous, overwhelming guilt that both of them must experience is something that keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Women should be able to walk home alone at night. Guess what? Get You're d- right. Attacked. I mean... I think women should just have to like frogger everywhere they go and just be under like, constant high alert. <laughs> well, I think some of them are. But let's agree to disagree, Sadie. Let's yes. agree to disagree. <laughs> no, you're totally right. So around 2 a.m., her husband Tom tried to call her because she wasn't home yet, but she didn't answer. So he sent her a few text messages to try to figure out where she was. He knew she was close by and had taken the same walk countless times with no issues. But when she still hadn't arrived home by 4 a.m., he decided to walk around and look for her. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. He still hadn't found her by 6 a.m., and so contacted the police at that point. No. Police immediately launched a missing person search and started to look into whether she'd used her credit cards or bank card, but there was no activity to indicate that she had simply run away. Tom spoke to Jill's colleagues, who spelled out her movements from the night before, and he went around to speak to people who she might have run into to see if anyone could give him any helpful information, and the police did the same. By Sunday, word of mouth had spread that Jill was missing, and social media started blowing up with pleas to help find her, and the press picked up the story as well. Good. A small press conference was held on that Sunday, and a tearful Tom appealed to the public for information and expressed his hope that she would walk through the door or that someone would tell them something to help find her. Authorities expressed their concerns that she might have met with foul play. The social media accounts that were set up to help find Jill quickly blew up, and Tom spent a lot of time working to get the word out and looking for any helpful tips or information. 
the public was captivated by the story of a young, beautiful, lively woman disappearing on her short walk home, and people were frantic to find out what happened to her. How old is she? 29. Jill Marr was a very popular woman with a large, boisterous personality who was always up for having fun. Her mother said she was, quote, messy and goofy. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I've said this before, but I'm going to need everyone who knows me to, like, start to draft their statements about me now Mm -hmm. so that when the time comes, we're prepared. Yes. Right? Right. (laughs) Messy and goofy are adorable qualities, but I'm sure there are other qualities to go (laughs) along with that. Such a mom thing to say. I know. I'm like, that's 100% what Meg Eck would like how she'd refer to me. (laughs) Well, she liked salad. Like, mom, come on. (laughs) She loved Sheryl Crow. No, mom, I don't like Sheryl Crow. Not even a little. (laughs) And she loves red hot chili peppers. Nope, also Mm -hmm. don't like them. (laughs) She went out of her way to brighten the days of other people. She'd met her husband, Tom, while at university in Dublin, and they'd moved to Australia together in 2009 to be closer to Jill's family. I also read that Jill and her family had actually lived there when she was young and gone back to Ireland and then gone back to Australia. And they loved living in Melbourne. Tom was very visibly distraught throughout the early days of the investigation and made himself completely available to the police and media in their search for his wife. Despite this, police, of course, looked at him as the first potential suspect, knowing the people closest to victims are most often the people responsible for their disappearances. They searched the couple's home and vehicles for any evidence, as well as interviewed Tom about his actions on that Friday night, and while they didn't rule him out completely, they pretty quickly came to the conclusion that he probably didn't have anything to do with Jill's disappearance. He's just the absolute cutest, cutest... He's got like a real um, Hugh Grant sort of quality, like yeah. tousled hair and sweet eyes. Just, Is ugh. he goofy and messy? He's probably goofy and messy. He's definitely <laughs> endearing and adorable. Yeah. And watching like videos of him made me have to like pause the, the video uh, to like lose the lump in my throat. Because, I hate it. Oh, I can't imagine just the no. absolute gripping panic of losing someone you love that much. No. Detectives also turned to the CCTV footage from the bar and along Jill's route home along Sydney Road. Luckily, many of the establishments along the route had CCTV cameras, so they were able to gather the footage and scour them for sightings of Jill from the night she went missing. I assume she was walking through a populated... Very. Very, yeah. So it reminds me of like Portland or, Mm -hmm. you know, any downtown, you know, like... Nashville or Austin or any mm-hmm. downtown, like very busy. Where you can park hop. Exactly. Yeah. And there was a lot of information about how safe Melbourne is as a city in general, how it's considered mm-hmm. a very safe place. And then this neighborhood is like that neighborhood. And so, you know, it's like coffee shops and bars and not, mm-hmm. there's no like riffraff. There's no, there's no reason that anyone would ever feel unsafe walking home at night there mm-hmm. at all. It seemed very well lit yeah just it was part of the reason people were so absolutely shocked while you were telling the story i was picturing her walking through like a deserted country road and no like, that's not right <laughs> no 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 so. nope <laughs> not even a little she's bit she's in a city <laughs> yeah so they had a major breakthrough 
when they found footage from the shops that showed Jill walking down the sidewalk. And then a couple of minutes later, a man in a blue hoodie ran after her, clearly Mm. trying to catch up. Oh, I just got chills. It's so chilling. Mm. A couple of minutes later, another camera showed Jill starting to pass by and being approached by the man in the blue hoodie. Jill appeared to speak to the man for a moment, but it's not clear whether or not she knew him. She did seem to be somewhat bothered by him and can be seen taking her phone out while the two started to walk away and out of the frame of the camera. Police thoroughly searched the area and the route that Jill had taken and didn't initially find anything particularly helpful, but by Monday morning, her handbag suddenly appeared in an alley that had already been searched. Uh-oh. And it contained a lot of her personal belongings, including her ABC identification They wondered if this could be a major clue in helping them find the person responsible for her disappearance, but were disappointed to learn that a neighbor had actually found the handbag in the alley earlier, but when he saw the footage on the news about her disappearance, he'd returned it to where he'd found it the next day. no, 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 buddy. I know. That's how you get wrongfully convicted. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that's why he was like, I'll just put this right back where I found it. And the police were like, oh, so suspicious. What is going on? What are they trying to throw us off with? And it was just a scared neighbor who... Uh, That would be me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's put that back here. Like, I want to be helpful. I want them to know that it has been found, but I also... So I'm not going to throw it in a river, but... I'm too scared to call them and tell them I found it. I would get yeah (laughs) knowing what I know I would never under any uh, circumstance I would just put it on the end of a long stick and like lower it from mm -hmm. a window police did know however that the appearance of her purse pointed to even more signs of foul play and the investigation intensified Police also looked at local cell towers to determine her whereabouts and found that she was in Brunswick until about 4.30 a.m. and then started traveling north along the freeway. The freeway they suspected she had traveled along had a toll site on it, and so while checking the license plates of the cars that had traveled through the toll, they found that a known sex offender had been driving one of the cars that passed through around the time that her cell phone also had. Interesting. It's yes. interesting. That's an interesting way to search that through that information. Yes. I, think I don't think very... I've ever heard of that before, yeah. but it makes sense. Yeah. Why not? You're like, well, she Kinda went this way. Down. Mm-hmm. We'll start here and see what mm-hmm. happens. So that man was 41-year-old Adrian Bailey, and he was tracked down by authorities and interviewed for 10 hours. And for most of that time, he denied having anything to do with her disappearance and only knew what he'd heard in the news. As they were interviewing Bailey, they were simultaneously searching his home. Which I don't know how the fuck you get a search warrant. <laughs> Just <laughs> like you were in the area. Yeah. Wow. And we're going to get into a lot with this case. This case gets really infuriating in a minute. But because like a lot of things didn't go you know, we're too loose. But this, I'm like, wow, you can just do that in Australia? But I guess you can. Or he gave them permission to, maybe? <laughs> I don't think so. I, no, you're, I mean, you're about to hear that that doesn't seem likely. But yeah, so they were searching mm-hmm. his home. And wouldn't you know it, they found Jill's SIM card at his house. No, they didn't. Ah, Bailey's no, girlfriend didn't. had actually found it while she was washing his clothes. What? And 
that point, they knew for sure that he had been involved in her disappearance. <laughs> oh, my God. Of all things, a little How teeny, tiny, tiny, teeny, possible? tiny SIM card. I don't wow. know. And why, I don't know if he tried to throw it out and it just like fell in his cuff i don't know weird well weird. how pissed is he that that had the like barely connected to the case they're like mm, yeah. maybe this guy yep yep and then and the if teeniest it, tiniest piece of evidence it ends up like, in his house i would poop pee vomit mm-hmm. cry explode if i found that if i was the detective that found that and then plugged it in and sure enough it's hers are you Dude. fucking yeah. kidding me that's incredible are you kidding me i know So after several hours of interrogation and after being confronted about the SIM card, Adrian Bailey finally broke down and admitted that he had been responsible for Jill's disappearance and expressed regret for what had transpired. Bailey said that he had spoken to Jill while she'd been on the phone with someone, so he'd run into her, and she'd been on the phone with someone from her family, and that he tried to be nice to her, and she'd been kind in return initially. He said that she'd eventually turn nasty toward him and claims she'd flipped him off, which made him extremely angry. And so he attacked and raped her. Oh, well, that seems like a a good normal course of events. Yeah. Fucking jerk. She threatened to tell the police what he'd done. And so he'd strangled her with his bare hands on a laneway, which the Internet tells me is a narrow lane or pedestrian path. He left her there while he went home to retrieve his car and a shovel and then returned to collect her body around 4.20 a.m., then drove her to Gisborne South in Victoria, where he dug a shallow grave and disposed of her body. Well, I think we can safely put him in the garbage human. Oh, guess what? It gets so extremely, extraordinarily more worse from here. More worser. Mm, More worster. More worster. This guy's the worstest. Bailey agreed to take police to where he'd buried Jill, and after driving around for a long time and making several wrong turns, he eventually got his bearings and was able to show police where to find her body, which was uncovered and found naked from the waist down. Mm. Bailey was charged with the rape and murder of Jill Marr. So sorry for Jill. Like, it's fucking just, just so devastating. The day after her body was discovered, 30 thousand people marched along the road where Jill had last been seen as a show of of their collective grief, but also as a protest that things needed to change to make the city more safe from people like Adrian Bailey. If that is not the most striking, like, example of the differences between that country and this country, I don't even know what is. Right? That one girl in this relatively safe city this horrible thing happens to her and thirty thousand people are like oh hell no and like over here <laughs> yeah 25 six-year-olds can get murdered at school and everyone's like oh well Do you guys want to meet at starbucks later <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. like that's how we should be reacting 100%. we should be like taking to the streets and freaking the fuck out when one of us is unsafe and the people who we pay to take care of us don't take care of us period hands down end of story But anyway, the outpouring of support in person and on social media was so enormous 
that the courts had to formally ask people to stop posting information about the case on social media and restricted the actual media against reporting about it because they were so worried about the effect it would have on the trial. Seriously, they're like, we cannot find a jury. We're going to have like, to outsource to different countries. They were seriously like, there's God. no way this guy's getting a fair trial and we have to try to uphold that because that's what we do. So mm-hmm. please... Wow. If we see you posting about it on social media, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> I don't know if they actually said that, but yeah, they had to wow. crack down. It's incredible. Incredible. So Adrian Bailey was born in the suburbs of Melbourne and had grown up there. He was a bit of a loner and didn't make much of a mark until he turned 18, married his first wife, and she became pregnant. Around this time, he raped his sister's 17-year-old friend, And soon after that, he attacked and attempted to rape another 17-year-old, followed by a 16-year-old. Oh, no. After being confronted with those crimes, he actually confessed to all of them. His MO was to, like, deny, and then he always confessed. You're going to learn. Yep. Which makes it even more infuriating. He was convicted and sentenced to five whole years, (laughs) of which he only served 22 months. Wow. For raping three children. No. Yep. After he was released on parole, he and his wife had another child before they divorced in 1995. He married again later that year, then had two more children before he and that wife also divorced. He lived under the radar for the next six or seven years or so, but then started attacking sex workers And between 2000 and 2001, it was reported that he raped six total. His attacks were all extremely similar, and so police were able to figure out that he was the perpetrator fairly quickly, and he confessed to those attacks as well. Jesus. He admitted that he considered the victims, quote, worthless, and that, quote, he wasn't getting much sex at home, and that's why he started attacking innocent women. Oh, this guy, man. This guy in the system. No. He was charged. And then the police are like, yeah, they are worthless, so it's cool. It's fine. Yeah, well, the the three children, you know, that really bummed us out. But these guys, eh. Mm. So he was charged with 16 counts of rape for those attacks and was sentenced to 11 years in prison, eight without parole. That's unbelievable. Yep. Six months. He's going to serve six months for each count of rape. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, so you get a half of a year for each? Yeah. Fuck Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. It should be one life sentence per count of, mm-hmm. like, you should get 16 life sentences, period. And he confessed. That's yeah, the craziest no. part. So and, he, and this is his second time getting caught. Yes. Yep. How's that not a mandatory life sentence? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. If we're if we're going to have a judicial system, it's got to be rape has to be the same as murder, period. Fucking end of story, hands down. So Bailey served his eight years and was released on parole in 2010. He managed to break his parole when he attacked a man and broke his jaw, which he pled guilty to. <laughs> But he didn't like the sentence that was handed down, and so he appealed it. And during this time, the parole board didn't put him back in prison. What? They left him out on bail. And so he was out during that appeals process. No. During the time that he was out on parole, 
During the appeals process, he raped and murdered Jill Marr. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, people. Yes, this happened. This is real. If you want to blame a simple blip in the system, Bailey's own mother, Susan, said that she was terrified that he was escalating and was capable of great violence and was pleading with people to do something about it. His own mother. His own mother. Quote, let me tell you, I went high and I told them I had concerns and nobody listened to me. Nobody, (sighs) she explained. Quote, his parole officer didn't listen to me. I went to the Mm-mm. city, to an office of the justice system. Nobody listened to me. So it's not even just like, whoops-a-daisy, we forgot to put him back in. Like his mother was like, this is a big problem. This is, he is attacking people. I am positive. You have to put him back in. And they just didn't. Wow. Wow. In 2013, mom, Bailey, man. I know. I know. You're like begging police to take your son they won't in 2013 bailey pleaded guilty to one count of rape but denied the murder charge but later changed his plea to guilty and admitted that he had killed jill marr he was sentenced to life in prison with a 35 year non-parole period and the judge admitted that if he hadn't pled guilty he would have been given life without parole I mean, at that point, you should, you do not deserve a plea deal. At that point, no. just done, done, done. You don't, you don't get parole. Then he gets out again. They're like, oh, weird. We couldn't mm-hmm. guess that he was going to do this again. <sighs> it's unreal. Detectives say that they feel confident that Bailey was gearing up to become a serial killer and would likely have continued to kill had he not been caught for Jill's murder. After Bailey's sentencing, Jill's father gave a statement to the media and said, quote, Jill lived a life full of family, friends, and her beloved Tom. Jill was brutally raped and murdered and is never coming back, and thanked police and the media for all of their support while they worked to bring her killer to justice. After the murder trial concluded, three more women came forward to accuse Bailey of raping them, and Bailey was brought back to court to face those allegations. The first victim was an 18-year-old sex worker who claimed he'd attacked her in the year 2000. She said that she and other sex workers circulated report of the men to avoid, like they had a written like zine, Mm -hmm. because they were dangerous or potentially dangerous. And she was reading it at the exact moment Bailey pulled over and solicited her. No. Yeah. She got in his car and commented that there are a lot of bad guys on the streets. And his response was, quote, I'm one of those bad guys. At trial, her evidence was questioned and her ID of Bailey was found unreliable. No. Uh, Come on. Mm -hmm. So then in April of 2012, Bailey had attacked another sex worker and she claimed he'd taken her to a laneway and spent a very long time punching her, making threats and raping her. During the attack, he showed her his distinctive tribal tattoo and also shared which gym he worked out in, and so she had specific evidence to identify him with. After the attack had gone on for some time, the victim managed to kick out Bailey's windshield, and his response was, quote, What have you done? I've only raped you. Oh, my God. Which, if that doesn't show his total crazy disconnection... Like, I've only raped you. Why did you kick out my windshield? Wow. Chilling. But, so she managed to get away. Oh, my God. 
She didn't report the rape for two weeks, and when she finally did, she was drunk, and so police didn't take her seriously (laughs) and instead committed her for treatment. Fuck. That rape took place just five months before Jill was killed. Oh, I hate it. (laughs) That, we're almost done. But then in July 2012, just three months before Jill's murder, Bailey attacked a Dutch backpacker in the same area he raped the other two women. He called her over to his car and said that she was being followed and offered her a ride to safety. Oh, that's so sneaky. So, so sneaky. Oh, so I smart. hate it. What a fucking creep. Bailey is a surprisingly normal looking guy. And so the backpacker felt safe enough to get into his car. He then took her to a laneway and violently assaulted her. His victim said that during the attacks, he would often cry and apologize and then proceed to attack them again. Gross. Mm -hmm. The backpacker used her smarts and told Bailey that they should go back to her place where they'd be more comfortable. And so she managed to escape when he agreed. When they got to her house, she had other roommates who were home, so she was able to get away from him. Wow. Remember that. I ha- I'm like, always when I read things like that, I'm like, remember that, remember that. Like, play like you like it. Yes. There's such a good chance that it'll work because this guy is clearly like Delusional not well. Yeah. Yes. And going back and forth between regret and being like viciously fucking mm-hmm. awful and aggressive and violent. So, oh, God, it gives me so many chills. I, I know. It. Yep. But there's a good chance that it'll work if you pretend like you like it. So... I mean, A, fight like hell, or B, <laughs> pretend like you like it. So she reported the rape and provided a sketch that is so unbelievably accurate. It's probably the closest I've ever seen to being the actual attacker. We'll post it online, but it is shocking how, wow. I mean, it's exactly his face. The police sketch was released, but unfortunately, no one called in any tips about Bailey. And so he remained free to kill Jill Marr. Bailey was brought to trial for the three separate attacks, and while he pled not guilty to all of them, he was found guilty on all counts. All, all of three of the... Correct. Oh, good. Yep. Good. He was sentenced to 18 years for the three rapes. He successfully appealed one of the convictions, I'm assuming the first one, and his sentence was cut back by three years. Still, he will be 83 years old before he can be considered for parole. Thank God. I know. In the aftermath of Bailey's crimes, I mean, he's still out, like, terrorizing women for 41 years. It's yeah, just, no, it's it sucks. awful. In the aftermath of Bailey's crimes, the public outcry for a re-examination of the parole system was massive, and it was agreed moving forward that any decision made by the parole board must have community safety at the forefront, and so it became much harder to be granted parole than before Bailey's arrest and conviction. One of the journalists I saw interviewed talking about this, and he was like, he's got to be the most hated man in prison in yeah, Australia. Because he just ruined everything. Yep. Good. Exactly. It was also recommended that some crimes be categorized as violent crimes, and they would require additional scrutiny when being considered for parole, and sex crimes would be included in that classification. Those offenders would be assessed for their level of risk, and those deemed moderate to high risk would have to go through additional treatment before being considered for release. They also, I didn't realize this, but previously you didn't have to apply for parole. It was just sort of granted, I guess, Mm -hmm. is the sense that I got. 
but you know, it's interesting to hear them talk about their parole system and how, you know, deeply they believe in rehabilitation. And like, in theory, I agree with a lot of the things that were in place, you know, if, if they are being applied properly, you know, it could, it could really work, or at least definitely work better than the system we have in place in the United States. Right. But it's such a crazy balancing act between making it impossible to get out of prison if you don't belong there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and protecting victims. It's right. such a wild thing to like think about and break down. But well, there's like nonviolent crimes and there's, you know, correct. Like, crimes of passion. Mm-hmm. And then there's serial rapists. Yeah. To be a serial killer. Admitted serial rapists. You yep. know, and with somebody who says things like, you know, why did you do that? I just raped you. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. He has no idea the consequences of his actions. Exactly. And, right. Nor does he care. No. You know? yeah. Exactly right. So if there is a positive note to such a heinous case, it's that Jill's death led to so much sweeping reform, and it's hard to know how many lives have been saved as a result, mm-hmm. but the community did take her passing seriously and made changes to keep others more safe moving forward. It's wonderful. Which I find said. fucking remarkable. Totally. Yes. If we could only do that for every person killed. Yeah. Yeah, and care that much as mm-hmm. as a nation or as individual communities to like, and you know there are cases. I don't want to diminish the things that victims of families have done mm-hmm. in on the, in the United States, but I mean that is just well, how wonderful would it be if you, you tragically lost your loved one and every, thirty thousand people came and supported exactly. you, like, and then everything changed. Like the the whole country was like, yeah, I guess we do need to take a look at this, and then fucking did it. Yeah, that's what wild. a concept. I know what a concept. <laughs> Please, can we figure out how to do that here? Can we just use our common sense, you guys? It's not that hard. Not that hard. Nope. So one order of business before we jump into names, uh, we're going to take next week off. Memorial, little memorial, memorial. I'm just going to keep saying memorial. (laughs) Memorial. Memorial. To our lack of time that we have in our own lives. We're going to memorialize it. No, we, I'm going to be out of town. So we're going to take a one little summer breaky break. We'll still do a Patreon episode. So if you're too sad and you're going to miss us too much, jump on over to Patreon, give us three bucks and fill the dark hole that's your in your soul without it <laughs> it's that simple that's right you can fill your whole your whole you can fill your, fill your soul with almost a hundred episodes over there fill your fill your hole with our souls because <laughs> that's what we put into this our souls our hearts and that's souls right. to fill your holes <laughs> Leave it to us. Leave it to us to activate that sex gang and make things weird. (laughs) We're very good at it. Uh, Some names? I got you some names. Here come some names. It's name time. Um, Burl Kane. Burl Kane. Corrupt and disgraced former warden of Angola prison in Louisiana. Fuck that guy. That place is the fucking worst. Burl Kane. That's the only name for somebody that you have to have a name like that to run the prison. Absolutely. Burl. You have to be named Burl. You know how much I love a southern name. 
Uh, the, the inmate who sued him was Rusty Lovejoy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, this is like straight out of Shawshank. Totally. <laughs> um, there's a Pilot Knob Avenue in Apple Valley, Minnesota, and Johnny Cake Ridge Road. <laughs> <laughs> Pilot Knob. <laughs> there's Herbert or Herb dick there's oh god <laughs> richard dick forkin <laughs> oh my god the the longest name in the world has over 1000 letters the first name what? 1000 letters yeah i mean i couldn't even begin to pronounce it if i a- no. absolutely wanted to but when I was researching that, I found a name a man named Herbert Blaine Wolfenschleckerstein Hausenbergdorf Sr. <laughs> Someone said there's a shook for sheriff running in their town. Oh yeah, yeah. They get shook. Ooh, with shook. What? Real quick, did we talk about what's yeah. his head? Hamner. Yeah. He Hamner. won. Yes, Hamner. No, we don't want him to win. No. Boo, Boo, Lance Hamner. he's a bad guy. And then, oh, you know what? I wonder if this is, I don't think it's a secret. So Hamner wanted to, he was a judge. Yeah. He didn't want to retire as a judge because if you retire as a prosecutor, you get more of a uh, pension. Oh, shit. So he ran as prosecutor. His plan is to work for a year so that he can get his pension and oh. then he's going to give the prosecutorship to his son. You sneaky little nepotistic beaver. Hamner. Yeah. Hamner is a bad guy. Stamner. <laughs> yeah, he's a lamener. He's a lameer. God. That yeah, that's the, that's the uh, tiny town gossip over here. And I guess the, the people that work at the prosecutor's office are pissed. They really wanted the other guy to win. Fuck. Well, yep. don't get arrested in the meantime. Right. Probably won't go well for you. No, not. No, or do, because Hamner doesn't care. He's fucking senioritis. He doesn't give a shit. So go ahead and get Seriously, arrested. If there's any, like, felonies or anything you need to commit, get him out it. right now. Yep. Then I'll be like, I know some things about you. And he's like, yeah, everybody does. I'm like, damn it. I thought I could use it against <laughs> you. Small town. Nobody cares. <laughs> I can hear my dogs in the background. Yes. B's got some names to share with us. B, shut up. Because I got to tell you about burnt corn, Alabama. <laughs> Unalaska, Alaska. Unalaska. Unalaska, Alaska. That's Wiener, amazing. Arkansas. And <laughs> I don't know where this one was our entire life. Terramungus, Connecticut. <laughs> Terramungus? <laughs> Wow. Sadie and I, our second home growing up was Connecticut. I don't know the fuck I never heard of Terramungus, Connecticut, but shit. Wow. Right on. Um, Ram Kung, which I would love to have the name Ram Kung. Well, that's a name of a yeah. person? Oh, yeah. I thought we were still in like the No, world. sorry. That is a wow. human name. Ram, Ram Kung. Kung. Wow. Bradley A. Trossel. <laughs> uh, Willie January. Uh, Artie's Joyce Naylor. 
<laughs> Linda Mustard. God, that's yeah, cute. Yeah, Mustard. Wentz O. Eagle. Joan. S- how do you spell Wentz? W E N T Z. Wentz O. Eagle. Wow. Wentz. I know. Sharp. It's yeah, sharp. That's Cuts really right interesting. Joan Walrus Churches. That fucking rules. What? Joan Walrus. 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 Walrus Churches. Wow. Yep. Terrence Red Dog Lamar Erickson. What? Glennis <laughs> <laughs> Jean Burgess. I love it. Mm hmm. Uh, there's a dog groomer. It's called Taj Sienna Orkman. <laughs> oh my god. Did you all hear about the valedictorian of Rollins College who has non-speaking autism? Did you see no. her giving her speech? Yeah, she's no. non-verbal with autism and she's a fucking valedictorian. Amazing. Her, and her name is Elizabeth Bonker, oh. which is such a good name. I love that. I know. Congratulations, Elizabeth Bonker. Seriously. Fucking rock star. Marlon Cosmo Manitou Ziderhoff Gray. <laughs> Those parents knew what they were doing. Those parents knew exactly what they were doing. Um, (laughs) Somebody was watching the latest Married at First Sight, and a girl named Noi matched with a guy with the last name Moy. So her name is Noi Moy. (laughs) 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 The producers did that on purpose. They did. Someone named Christian Booze. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. William Fall, or Will Fall. So they're like, <laughs> just setting your child up for failure. And someone with the last name Weatherby. Yeah, fucking yeah. adorable. Um, <laughs> I, got an, I personally got an email from someone named Bill McCracken inviting me to charcuterie board making for realtors, is what it's... <laughs> I don't know how that differs from oh charcuterie board makers for lay people for non-realtors but more profesh bill mccracken um oh, somebody's father was an er doctor with tim hey doc <laughs> for about <laughs> 10 years <laughs> and one more general booty is a quarterback his name is General Booty. He's not a general. He's a child. He's a teenager wow. who just got recruited to attend college in Oklahoma. General Good for him. Booty. General I would like Booty. to be the general of booties. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. This is not a name, but I did confirm that exonerations on average take 14 years. So you were right. There you, there you go. I said 17. I overshot shot it, but 14 yeah. years. Ugh. I hate that. Ooh. No, me too. Throw that. that. Yucko. Yucko. Well, let's do, we do a want... couple shouty outies. We're doing this midday and I got some shit else I got to do. So let's do uh, like three of them. Let's do three. We can do it. I, I, I said just... shit else. No, I need, I have maximum shit I need to do. Not shit else. <laughs> shit else means nothing to do. Uh, I mean, nothing's more important than you guys, but I do have to uh, earn a living to yeah, support my podcasting to... habit. All right, here we go. Thank you so much to Michelle H. 
Michelle. Ha 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 Michelle. Ha 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 Michelle. Hella 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 hottie. Hella 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 hella. How are you doing today? <laughs> good. Pretty good. 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 Said Michelle. I'm pretty Thank good. you can't, so. Can't complain. <laughs> Thank you so much to Talitha B. Oh, get out of here with a name like Talitha. It writes itself. I know. Talitha sailing away to the night above. Talitha hold you in my arms to the end of time. Talitha. <laughs> <laughs> such a 70s yes yacht like, rock yes. Talitha. they were all called talitha for good reason because it's a fucking amazing name <laughs> it really is who else oh, we got we gotta do this one it's uh thank you so much to tess e from australia <gasps> tess e tessie tess e is like a tesseract of something which means that it multiplies itself in the geometric pattern that's also <laughs> considered t- sacred geometry if i'm not mistaken and tess e is also sacred geometry she's made up of all the things that are great in this world and extends into infinity <laughs> you're like on fire we're gonna <laughs> do, do one, one more. more yeah let's I do got, one more yeah one more and last but certainly not least Thank you so much to Charlotte C. from New Zealand. Charlotte C.'s on the sea, and that's where she bees. Charlotte C., she's on her dinghy out on the sea, and she will be there for eternity, because by the sea, it's a metaphor for her being where exactly she's supposed to be, floating on the sea, and she's gonna <laughs> be just okay forever. <laughs> I was like, I like kefir. Keep? Did I say kefir? Well, that's where I thought you were going with it. I think I said okay, but I said okay. okay. But yes, she is going to be okay for kefir. It's good gut health. As long as your gut health is good, you are okay. For. <laughs> so also Dagny um, messaged on Instagram. It was like, thank you for the shouty outy. And I'm going to send it to my parents, blah, blah, blah. And then I looked at her Instagram there. And I don't know what the, what the gender they prefer. Yeah, nailed it, hundred percent. So I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm I bring this up because I feel like I these are accurate. So if you're like, I don't, I'm not really so gorgeous and important. Yeah, you fucking are. Yeah, yeah you, you are. fucking yeah, you are. Hundred percent. Yep. Do you like kefir? You don't. If you don't, start now because you <laughs> probably just don't it. know that you like it. Don't use. Don't go to the plain. Go to the blueberry, strawberry, yeah. pomegranate. Kills it. Somebody else said they're going to play her shout out at their wedding. <laughs> please so record sweet. that if that is the truth. Please record it. <laughs> so cute. So cute. Um, well, anything else for these lovelies? Just a reminder, we will not be here next week. So if you miss us, fill your holes with Patreon support. <laughs> or we'll see you the week after. Yes. See you and later. You. And if you uh, also miss us, you can go to our Instagram, our page. Nope. Yeah, you can't go to our Patreon. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, or uh, Twitter. Facebook. 
but Twitter or Facebook at they will kill <laughs> fucking any social media basically yes. except for Twitch we're not on there yet mm-hmm. um, at they will kill you can email us at they will kill podcast at gmail.com and go to our website they will kill.com you can rate review subscribe to us yes god you guys are just the best I just yep. love getting them it's such a boost do it now stop what you're doing and do that yeah <laughs> please we've had hard weeks real hard weeks and, and thank you aj Burgess for our music yeah um is that all what else do we say and remember <laughs> oh i've got one yeah I tell actually me wrote it down tell me everything uh looking at yourself with the eyes of love is a choice you get to make every day yeah put that on final slip out your damn bed <laughs> right now the exact same thing look at yourself <laughs> with eyes of love i love you I, love. I think that's a great thing to do for truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.